circle centers for Cousins, a shot, and he scores. Dylan Cousins makes it 3-0 Lethbridge. Byram going to take it coast to coast on a backhand, scores! Up to the blue line, Vandalese, the effort, tip, scores! Carson Folk is Mr. Teddy Bear! A deflation! He scores! It's over! It's over! Game 7, overtime, hero! Hi, hello, and welcome to the WHL Podcast. I am Zach Hodder, your host and the manager of player development for the Western Hockey League. Let's jump into the news and notes for September. I can't believe I'm saying that. Where did summer go? September 2nd, 2020. Spokane Chiefs head coach Emmanuel Vibros has been named the first head coach of the Henderson Silver Knights, the AHL affiliate of the Vegas Golden Knights. Vivaros, who played 21 seasons of professional hockey, came to the Chiefs after spending the 2018-19 season as an assistant coach with the Edmonton Oilers. And before that, he spent two years as the head coach of the Swift Current Broncos, where he won the WHL Coach of the Year and a WHL Championship in 2018. The Chiefs went 41-18-4-1, which was the fourth best record among all WHL clubs last season. The Chiefs wasted no time finding Vivero's replacement, naming assistant coach Adam Maglio as the 14th head coach in Chiefs history. The 2019-20 season was Maglio's first in the Western Hockey League after spending the previous four seasons with the Prince George Spruce Kings of the BCHL. In two seasons as head coach of the Spruce Kings, Maglio compiled the record of 72 wins, 30 losses, and four ties, as well as winning the 2019 BCHL Championship. Maglio at 34 will be the youngest head coach in the Western Hockey League next season. That's it for the news and notes. For everything WHL, check out our Twitter feed at the WHL and of course the website whl.ca. I'm here with the very first ever head coach of the Henderson Silver Knights, uh, the AHL affiliate of the Vegas Golden Knights, Emmanuel Viveros, also known as Manny. Manny, how are you doing? Congratulations. I'm doing fine, Zach. Thanks for having me on. Let's start with Henderson. How did this come to be? And uh, why did you think this was the best move for you in your career? You know, Zach, uh, you know, you always want to get to the highest level. And that's certainly uh, always been my goal as a coach or as a player. And uh, I had an opportunity and Kelly McCrimmon uh, had called me roughly about two months ago and asked if I'd be interested in the head coaching position. So I said, absolutely. And uh, we just started some dialogue and with a couple of conversations and then, uh, you know, a little bit more extensive interview. And I knew Krim from uh, my Western Hockey League days when I was a Swift Current uh, at the GM meetings and the governor meetings and got to know him a little bit. And, uh, you know, just uh, very fortunate that it came to fruition that uh, I was able to sign with them. And, uh, you know, looking at their organization, um, you know, how Kelly and George McPhee and that whole entire uh, Vegas Knights organization, how they run things, um, they're one of the best in the league, if not the best at how they do things. And just look at their record over the, you know, three, three years they've been in the league and what they've done in such a short period of time. Yeah, it's been pretty incredible. And I mean, they're, again, a favorite for the Cup. They're beating up on my Canucks right now. I'm not really enjoying that, but we're going to get back tonight. When we're looking at the difference between coaching professional hockey and coaching in the Western Hockey League, what is it like for you, and I don't know if you've had these conversations yet with Vegas, but what are the expectations on an AHL head coach? Are you expected to run the systems that they've asked you to run so that when your players go up, they know exactly what they need to do? Or is it up to you to develop the system and the way that you want your players to play when they're in Henderson with you? 
Oh, great, great question, Zach. I, I think probably one of the biggest fits, uh, you know, one of the reasons I think also that, uh, you know, it was, it's going to be such a good fit here in, in Henderson is that the style of play that my teams have played, whether it was a Swift Current or in Spokane, are very similar to how Vegas plays the game right now. So um, obviously we're going to try to emulate as much as possible as we can what the uh, Vegas Golden Knights do as, as far as the verbiage system. So when that transition from a player gets called up to the Golden Knights that there's going to be a seamless transition for them. So, um, you know, I'm going to have a green light to tweak a couple things in certain areas, but for the most part, it's going to be uh, pretty well the same and uh, which, you know, I'm really excited about because we do play very similar styles. Well, that's great to hear. And you're going to have a ton of Western Hockey League players probably on that Henderson team. Uh, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights currently 12 WHL players on their roster. And you talked about Swift Current in there. And Swift was your first head coaching job in the Western Hockey League after an extensive pro career in Europe, mainly in Austria, and then an extensive pro coaching career in Europe, also mostly in Austria. You finished off in Germany before you made the transition to Swift Current. So, I guess the question there is what's the difference between coaching professional hockey in Europe to transitioning to a Western hockey league team? How are you able to make that adjustment so fluidly and so successfully like you did? You know what, Zach, um, I've had that question before. Um, I just think for me and, and my wife, it wasn't a difficult transition. Obviously the age group is a little bit different, but um, I had a son went through the Western hockey league, played in Portland for four years. Um, you know, I've understood what he had to go through. I played in the league a long time ago, albeit a different type of, uh, uh, you know, era, but still having the idea of what, you know, these kids have to go through. And it was so valuable having a son that played recently in the Western Hockey League and, you know, talking to him every day, how it was as far as travel, schooling and everything else helped that transition for me. But at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing for anything was just you know, being yourself, you know, and allowing the kids and their players and building a relationship relationship with those guys just being yourself uh, made that transition very simple when, when it comes to coaching what is your coaching philosophy one of the things for instance uh on uh you know my coaching philosophy is is very simple uh being yourself every day coming to the rink whether you have a, a good night bad night before uh that the kids coming in the next day understand that you're going to get the same from your coaching staff every day and if you're not having a great night the night before we're going to come in we're going to you know talk about it we're going to figure it out we're going to find a solution and then we're going to go forward from that and uh, that's a real important for me is that culture that the management and the and the coaching staff develop within this, uh, the dressing room that these kids come in and they feel like they can come in and have a safe environment every single day where they don't have to be scared and in your two years you obviously developed that culture in swift current you guys won the 2018 whl championship and yourself you were named the whl coach of the year before you went to the edmonton oilers now you only spent one season with the, the oilers and the organization but what was that like for you the first time coming back uh, you played in the nhl as well but on the coaching side what did you learn and what did you take away during that one season with the oilers well, that experience was incredible. Um, you know, having an opportunity to work with uh, players like, or seeing players every single day, like Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, these type of players that, uh, what it takes for them every single day to, to, to play at that level in national hockey, not only on the ice, but what they have to do off the ice to take care of themselves. And uh, that was something for me was so invaluable. When I went back to uh, Spokane this past season, I was able to, you know, tell these guys and show these guys that this is what these guys do on, uh, every single day. And there's a reason why they're the best players in the world. 
going back to the Spokane Chiefs and coming back to the Western Hockey League. And one of the coaches that you had this past season was recently named the head coach, successor, I guess I should say, Adam Maglio, who was a very successful coach in the BCHL, but he has no playing experience in the Western Hockey League, no coaching experience in the Western Hockey League. And he'll be the youngest head coach next year in the WHL. So as a head coach with the experience that you've had, how do you help not just develop the players on your team, but also that coach to get him to where he is now? Well, he, you know, Adam, from the day one, we were, we really hit it off. We were really, uh, just from the very first interview and the first conversations that we had, you knew right away he was a bright uh, young man and plus the success he had uh, his previous year. And I've talked to a lot of people about him and they said, listen, if you get an opportunity to hire this young man, you have to do it. And uh, from the uh, first day that we met there, we got to work together in Spokane. I was, you know, it was a really good fit. We really liked uh, uh, how we worked together and he's wonderful. More importantly, he's wonderful in how he treats the kids also too. Very thorough, uh, very prepared. He works hard with the kids. He puts in the hours and, uh, it was a lot of fun. Like for us, it didn't ever seem like it was work to us. We came in every day. We had fun. We did our work and we enjoyed uh, our time, um, you know, every day in the office together and had a so fortunate to have an excellent staff and uh, he's going to be excellent. Uh, I know talking with Scott uh, Carter and Bobby Brett, uh, you know, during this whole process and they were asking me, do you think Adam is ready? I said, absolutely. I said, I think you got this kid here. You got to hire him. He's going to be a really good head coach in, in uh, Spokane. And you know what? You may not have him only, uh, only for a couple of years because I think he's got, uh, he's got professional hockey written all over him. Spokane's pretty used to having coaches for only a couple of years right now. Uh, you know, you talk about having, having patience and, and treating people with respect and working together and how much fun it makes every day and how quick the days go by. But I'm sure in your career, you've had to coach some players that have not been easy to work with and have made some days coming to the rink a little bit more tougher than you've expected. But has there been a player that, that you've had, whether it's over in Europe or here in the Western Hockey League, that you started off and you said, oh boy, this kid is going to be just a project. He's going to be the reason I can't sleep at night. And then that <laughs> player ended up turning into you know, a professional player or, or really exceeded the expectations that you had for him at the beginning of the season. Um, you know what, Zach, I won't mention any names in sp specific, so, but there's always seems to be sometimes uh, a player, uh, you know, maybe one every year or every couple of years. I've been very fortunate in my career uh, of being, uh, having great kids. Um, but I, I, the way I look at it, a lot of the time coaching, um, you know, especially in junior hockey, is a lot of it's parenting in some ways and uh it's uh, not always easy but uh, you know a lot of times you have to uh, say things that, and and uh that we're going to help your your children or, or your players sometimes and they may not always want to hear uh what you have to say but you have to tell them and i think a lot of it too is uh, just building that again once you build that trust and they understand that you're there to support them you have their backs and you can do everything you possibly can uh, to help them succeed, whether it's on the ice or off the ice, uh, then after that, it's it's always, uh, uh, you know, the relationships are, and working relationships are very easy. So um, that's a philosophy that I had to my staff and we had that last year in Spokane and worked very well for us. But uh, to, to single out any one person in particular, I really can't because, uh, you know, you're always going to have a little bit of trial and tribulations uh, when every time you have a, you know, a group of players at around 24, 25 players in a group. Uh, but uh, for the most part, I've been really lucky and blessed that I have great kids. So my last question for you, as a coach, 
you don't get the, most of the time to pick the players that are going to be on the team. That's the GM and the scouts. But when you get to training camp, it's up to you to select the team from the players that they brought for you. So when you get to training camp and you're seeing your new crop of players, what are you looking for for a player that's going to be on your team? What are the characteristics of that player and what do players need to do to catch your eye if they're trying out for, let's say, next season Henderson or in the previous seasons in the Western Hockey League? Well, you know, uh, it's a really good question, Zach. Uh, in Swift Current, I was very fortunate enough that uh, well, we had a team that was, uh, you know, the teams that we wanted to, the way we style we wanted to play, and we were looking for those types of players. Spokane was an organization that played that similar style also, too. So they had a lot of players that type of style. And going forward uh, next year in Henderson, it's the same way that uh, Vegas has uh, drafted their kids. They want to play a very fast and uh, competitive uh, and a hard type of style of hockey. And I think for me, the biggest thing is I look at, at their characters. Number one for me is, is, you know, how are these guys? Are they, are they good people? Um, do they handle adversity? Well, uh, do they take care of some off the ice? Are they good in school? Have they been in good in school? Or they basically put the work while they're in school. Uh, their compete level for me is really important and doesn't necessarily always have to be skill, but if these kids compete hard every single day, a lot of times that compete will overcome a lot of, uh, you know, uh, skill deficiencies in, in, in that type of uh, area. And, uh, you know, those are the, the three uh, very important things for me. And if you have that in place in a player, I think you can do a lot with that player. And you can, then it's the coaching staff and organization to help develop their skill after that going forward. Well, Matty, what if you, you don't have a lot of compete, but you're really funny in the dressing room? Would you take that player? Um, absolutely. Yeah, perfect. I, I, I would have made your teams then. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, again, you've got to have allow. Uh, you've got to have a lot. Allow these players, uh, these kids, uh, your team to express themselves. Uh, you got to have fun while you're at the rink. You got to have fun while you're in the dressing room. Um, and yeah, and there's a time to go to work also too. But at the same time, though, you, but you, if you see everybody having a smile while they're at work every day, or putting, or you know, in the dressing, room, you know, there's something, something's right here. So it's going, going on that's going to happen. It's really good. So that's really important too. So uh, no, it's important that coming to the rink a lot every single day <laughs> well i hope that you're able to have that next year in henderson thank you so much congratulations wish you all the best i don't know when the season's going to start but once it does hope you hit the ground running zach appreciate the time it's always been always awesome and uh, call me anytime throughout next year please love it thank you again manny celebration is underway here in swift current enjoy swift current your broncos are western hockey league champions Salvas recovering left circle. Carries back up by and dropping it for Christensen. Jukes his way left side. He scores! Four on four goal for Jake Christensen. I'm here with former Everett Silvertips defenseman, now Columbus Blue Jacket prospect, Jake Christensen. Jake, how has your summer been so far? It's been good. Uh, obviously a long one. We've never had a summer this long. Every year I've played for Everett, we've had a pretty good playoff run. So uh, yeah, it's been a long one, but training's been good. And I'm, I'm happy that uh, I get an opportunity to train a lot. So how quickly were you able to get back in the gym and get back on the ice after the season ended? There was a month of uh, no ice, kind of, when everything was really locked down here. I'm in Vancouver. and uh, But I've got a home gym. I'm really lucky to have that. So I really got to, I got to work out a lot in my trainer sent me a program and stuff so I didn't miss out on that but I wasn't on the ice for the first month. 
Hey, you're back on the ice pretty quick. You're getting ready for training camp. Again, last season, you actually started in the American Hockey League. You got to play nine games with the Stockton Heat before they reassigned you to Everett. What was that like for you? And where was your confidence at when, when you had that meeting with Stockton and they said, we're going to send you back? Yeah, obviously, um, I learned a lot in my time with my time in Stockton, a lot from the coaches and players. And so when I came back, I just knew that it was kind of my last shot coming as a 20 year old. And I had to give it my all, so I was like super excited, and I was I was thankful for the opportunity I had with Stockton and uh, to learn and grow my game. Coming back to Everett, I was super excited to not only win a championship but have a good season as well. So I was uh, I was coming back kind of with a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. Well, you came back and you pretty much dominated the entire league. You had 22 goals in 38 games as a defenseman, which is almost unheard of, and you finished with 50 points. I guess what. What did you learn during those nine pro games that you said, when I get back to the Western Hockey League, this is what I'm going to focus on so that when I get my opportunity next season, I'm going to be here full time? Yeah, I think that obviously I, I uh, grew my skills when I was there just because of a faster faster game and the stronger stronger players. But um, I think it was more of a mindset thing, just learning from the pros that are there and just how they go about every day and how they uh, – attack their goals was kind of the biggest thing for me and so just uh coming back with that mindset that I, I learned from them was the biggest thing I mean you came back you go from being the youngest guy on the team in Stockton to the oldest guy on the team in Everett what did you feel like when you walked back into that dressing room and you go from playing with 38 year old men to you know a 16 year old who's still trying to figure it out and how did you make that transition from learning to leading quickly yeah, it was different, obviously, but um, again, I learned from the leaders in Stockton. They were really great with me, and uh, they're obviously amazing leaders because they've been there for a long time, and they're uh, some some longtime pro players. So uh, coming back to Everett, I was kind of excited to be able to have an impact on the younger guys and just teach them some of the things that I I, I was taught in uh, Stockton. And so coming back, it was it was nice to see the boys again because I, I hadn't seen them since training camp, but a lot of familiar faces, obviously. I don't think there's anybody new on the team um, from when I left. So it was nice to come back and see the guys. It was, uh, it was a good feeling. Yeah, your impact was felt immediately around the league. You immediately became a guy that every other team had to game plan against. And that got NHL teams looking at you. When it came time to sign that first contract, first of all, what was it like just to be offered an NHL contract? And then the second part of that is, why did you decide to sign with the Columbus Blue Jackets? Yeah, obviously it's been like the lifetime goal for me and uh, I've been dreaming about it forever. So it was exciting when I got that opportunity to sign a contract. Why Columbus? I just think that I have a good opportunity there and my meetings went well with their uh, scouting staff and everybody involved in the organization. So uh, it felt right. Now I'm excited to get going there. As we're getting ready for next season, as you're preparing for next season, with that pro experience, plus how, how well you excelled when you came back to the Western League last year, what's the biggest thing you're trying to work on this summer to get you prepared for a full professional season next year? Yeah, obviously with the long summer, it's uh, almost a little bit of an advantage going into my first pro season. I get some time to put on some weight, get quicker, and I guess I have a lot of time to just do everything that I think that I need to work on that I learned in Stockton. So, uh there's some little things in the game that I think that I needed to improve on. And then there's also, I want to keep improving on the things that I do well, because that's what got me there. So long summer, I have a lot of time to do it, but uh, I've, I haven't wasted any time. So I'm excited. Oh, that's good to hear. And talking about development and making the most of the time you have, your only year of midget hockey, you only played four games. So, you know, you're a fifth round pick in the Bantam draft. You play four games of uh, BC major midget, and then you make the Everett Silver Tips at 16 years old. 
So what happened that year and, and what did you do to prepare yourself to come into training camp and win a, a roster spot once the season started? Coming to Everett uh, the first time, obviously it was pretty surreal. A big First time you're really in a big rink because uh, back home it's, it's not like you get fans in minor hockey. But So I was really excited and uh, just kind of overwhelmed but really excited for the opportunity. And I think I just took day by day and we had a our coach that year was Kevin Constantine. So it was, it was pretty uh, detail oriented. So I was really studying the game and um, working really hard to be the best I could every day and not really looking past that because you couldn't because uh, you did it, it would have been a tough day for you so I was uh, I think just taking it day by day uh, really helped me uh, you know you had some players on that team specifically Noah Juleson another uh, defenseman who was a first round pick of Montreal were you able to learn from him and and what did he provide to you uh, that first season as guidance <laughs> as you continue along your your path I actually lived with Noah for the first couple months when I was in Everett so it was really nice to get to know him and I still have a really good relationship with him I mean I talk to him every day and uh, I see him I see him often because he's here he's a lower mainland boy so um, I learned a lot from him when I was there living with him as well he's he, he was a pro before he got there so he's a really good guy and I'm, I'm happy to be able to call him my friend. Just to touch on again a little bit more of the success that you've had during your time in Everett, obviously some very good teams. But what was the WHL championship like for you? Unfortunately, you guys lost a swift current. But what, what do you think it did for your development, being able to play in such important games and such high-level competition games? It was always a goal of ours to win that. Unfortunately, we lost in the finals, but it was a good experience. I mean, we had a good group. I got to know those guys really well. And flying to Swift Current and back was pretty fun. The atmosphere there was unbelievable. Same with Everett. So, um just getting there, I think that it would have really helped in uh, this year to come if the playoffs were to have panned out. But I think I gained a lot of experience, and I was able to to bring that with me and uh, learn from it. I learned a lot in that playoff run, and hopefully I can uh, bring that experience with me to the next level. Okay. The serious questions are done. Now it's time for the fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, outside of Everett, which is an amazing rink to play in, where is your favorite place to play? Uh, outside of Everett, I liked playing Kelowna. Uh, we go there every summer, so it's just a nice place. It's kind of refreshing to be there, and uh, they also have a great fan base. So I, I like playing there. Obviously, it's kind of a love-hate thing with Seattle, but it was awesome to go there as well just because you know it's going to be a good game. It's going to be loud. Yeah, Seattle's got a great building, especially on Tuesday nights. Uh, who was your least favorite player to play against? Oh, that's tough. It probably came early in my career because I, was, uh, I wasn't playing much, and we played Barzell 10 times. So that was tough, tough for uh, me as a young guy. but. Um, yeah, I got to say him. Who was your favorite teammate you played with? Oh, that's tough. Oh. I, mean, I don't know if I can answer that. I've played with a lot of uh, great teammates that I have a really good relationship with still. So I think I'll get some heat if I say that. It's <laughs> a very good political answer. And then for you next season, what are your goals? Uh, my goals next season, I uh, obviously going to training camp. I want to take it as far as I can. So uh, just training in the summer to, to get that myself ready for uh, – as much as I can accomplish personally. And uh, so I just want to have a really good season and uh, play to the best of my abilities. Hey, that's what I love to hear. Well, Jake, thanks for taking time out of your day to do this. Hope you have a great rest of your summer and best of luck for next season. Thank you very much. Hands on, Rybinski lost his stick cross. Nice Christensen, score! Jake Christensen's second goal of the game. And the route is on in downtown Everett. 
Come two on one. Hallberg walks to Burke. Backhand stopped by Thompson. What a save. The puck's loose, and then the Wheat Kings will play it high. Well, I'm here with Vegas Golden Knights prospect, former Brandon Wheat King, former Brock University goaltender, Logan Thompson. He is still in Vegas right now. How are you liking the heat? It's a lot different than back home, but it, uh, nothing can beat this heat. Uh, really excited to be here and uh, just enjoying my time while I'm here. How long have you been in Vegas so far? I was a part of the Phase 3 roster, so I've been here for about a month in a little bit so I got to just skate with some of the guys here and uh, be a part of the uh, training camp and then the team took off and I stayed here. What was that like when I'm assuming Kelly gave you the call and said hey we want you to come to the phase three training camp help our guys get ready for the start of the NHL playoffs? Uh, it was super exciting obviously um, you know I, when I got that call it was just a dream come true you know every kid you know dreams of signing an NHL contract so I was just happy to to get that offer and to be a part of the phase three you know was just something special seeing all the guys and you know what you know how great a shape they are and then how intense they were getting ready for playoffs it was uh it was awesome and i just kind of took it all in and, and seeing where they're at's a whole other level so you're gonna kind of match it and get up there if you want to play in the nhl when you talk about that whole other level can you describe to me what exactly you mean by that what is that next level that nhl level compared to the ahl or even the echl well just you know their work ethic you know they're they're pros on and off the ice you know every practice you know, they're, they're doing it 100%. You know, they're getting ready to go, you know, try and win a Stanley Cup. So it was just, you know, how intense they are, how serious they take it. It's, you know, you really got to match it, you know, off ice. Everyone's in great shape. Everyone stayed in great shape, especially during, you know, a quarantine with COVID going around. So they they took it really serious and, you know, it's their job. And, you know, they were, you know, complete pros. And you just, you really have to, it's not easy to, to make the NHL. And, and, you know, you got a lot of, a long road ahead of you to, uh, to get up there. So you stayed down there. You got to see the way everybody trains. You got to be around all those professionals, the NHL guys that have, you know, some of them have been in the, in the league for 10, 12 years. Uh, what are you doing in Vegas right now? What's your training schedule look like? How often are you on the ice? And just what are you doing for fun down there? Uh, yeah, there's, there's a couple of guys here, um, you know, that stayed behind. So, you know, we work out Monday to Friday, you know, three hours a day. And then, um, you know, we'll try to get on the ice as much as we can. Um, we have the ice here, but with three guys, we're kind of limited to what we can do. So we'll try to get on ice two to three times a week, you know, depending on how our legs feel. You know, we get begged pretty good down here. So, um, but yeah, and then obviously, um, you know, not going out or anything right now, just the world's still uh, still kind of a messy place with COVID. But uh, no, just kind of soaking up the sun, hanging by the pool and just hanging out at home and catching some Netflix. You're just enjoying your summer, having a good one. Yeah, exactly. Making the best, best of it I can. Well, let's turn back a little bit here. The one year you spent in the AJHL, you were the second team rookie, uh, one of the top goalies in the AJ despite your age, and then you make the jump to the Western Hockey League. What was that jump like for you, and did you ever envision yourself being in the situation you're in right now? Well, I can tell you when I was, you know, 17 and, you know, I don't think I was mentally ready to play in the WHL. And um, I think that's a big reason why Kelly McCriven sent me down to the AJ. So if you told me back then that, you know, I'd probably sign an NHL contract, I'd say there's no way I got to make the WHL first. But, you know, I was just going down to the AJ. I loved my time at Grand Prairie and, you know, I got a lot of games in. I think I matured as a person and a goalie. And I think that's what helped me took the, uh, take the next step to the, the Brandon Wheat Kings, you know, and they were, you know, a good team, a really good team my first two years there. And, you know, they really competitive and they expected a lot out of their guys, maturity and on the ice. So um, I think that's kind of what helped my, you know, my 17-year-old year, 18-year-old year, year coming back to the Wheat Kings, you know, just being, trying to act more like a pro and, you know, and we were a championship team, you know, wanted to be a part of that team and didn't want to 
didn't want to leave again, so I want to be a part of a very special group of guys. I mean, you look at your, your stats in the Western League, 23 games, 40 games, 55 games. That's what you want to see from a goaltender, especially because goaltenders develop, you know, at a slower pace than most other players because it's such a difficult mentally position to play and technical position to play. But when you came into your last year, um, did you know that you wanted to go play pro hockey? Or did you feel like I'm going to go to Brock University and get my four years and then leave hockey with a degree or go try to play pro after that? I've always wanted to play pro. I mean, obviously, um, you know, we, were, we were a younger team, rebuilding team, but uh, you know, I wanted to stay in Brandon. And uh, obviously, I wanted to go pro. And, you know, things just, you know, didn't really go my way. Um, I think I, I can speak for, you know, most kids in the WHL. I think every kid wants to, to go w, or go pro. You know, I, things didn't go my way. I didn't really get any contract offers. Um, went to a an invite with Washington, the Washington Capitals. Um, you know, Brock was always an option for me for school. Um, they you know, gave me the luxury of, okay, you know, try to go pro, but we'll be here if nothing works out. And, um, you know, it didn't. So I decided to go to Brock. Coach there, Marty Williamson and the goalie coach, they were, you know, great. They really helped me develop, let me play, you know, a lot of minutes. And uh, they knew I still wanted to go pro. So they just said, you know, come here, work hard, and, you know, we'll, we'll try and get you uh, – get you where you want to be. And that's exactly what I did. I didn't plan on staying my four years at Brock. If I didn't really have any pro opportunities, I would have loved it there. Um, but yeah, as soon as no opportunity came, they were really understanding and they, uh, they were okay with me leaving and they were just happy for me. And I really appreciated my, them and my time there. Well, I mean, you did a lot for them in your one season there. You were the rookie of the year for the OUA and the goaltender of the year for the OUA. So uh, you definitely met your end of the bargain and they obviously met theirs because at the end of that season, you went and played eight games in the coast and one game in the AHL. And then last season you spent the entire year in the ECHL, you know, the coast, it's a tough league to play in. There's a lot of travel. There's a lot of players switching teams. It's a very fluid league where guys are coming up and going down all the time for yourself. How did you prepare every game to play your best when it is such a, a difficult league to play in? Yeah, I think the WHL kind of helped me with that. And, and obviously leaving Brock and, and playing eight games in Adirondack the year before kind of got me prepared to what to expect. I think it's similar to you know, when I was played in Brandon, you know, a lot of road trips, you know, there isn't really teams close by. Um, so that was pretty comparable. I was used to the bus, bus trips, the road legs. Um, so there wasn't much of a step there for me. But, it, you know, it's just such a – it is a, a definitely a tough league. You know, you got a bunch of guys going up and down and uh, – super competitive and you know there's no goalie coach down on the east coast so you kind of just gotta you and your goalie partner gotta you know work and, and talk together and come up with drills obviously you know being under a hershey contract last year i had some feedback but you know you don't get the the goalie coaching you do every day in the whl or even the cis just try to be a pro and, and push yourself every day you're obviously under contract with the golden knights when Kelly called you, did you know that you had that opportunity or was it something that came just out of the blue and you were like, oh my goodness, I am absolutely going to take advantage of this? Um, you know, I, me and my agent were talking. There's, I think we, you know, he would never really tell me. He said there's some interest from teams out there. And, um, you know, as soon as I got that call from, you know, seeing Kelly's name and my agent was telling me, uh, I was, you know, super happy and, you know, couldn't be more happy. You know, this was always, since I was here at uh, training camp for the very first uh, time, this has always been a place I've wanted to be a part of and, you know, be a part of their organization. So it was a, it was a dream come true. Obviously the work's not done yet, but I'm just really happy to be here and uh, I'm going to try and be here as much as I can and, and get better every day. When, when you look back on your career up to this point, uh, you've had quite the career. I mean, you play in the AJ, the Western League, the AHL, the ECHL, U Sports, and potentially the NHL next year, and you're still super young. Uh, what's your favorite hockey memory that you've got to experience? My favorite hockey member, um, I mean, being a part of that weekend team that, you know, won the 
won the championship with uh, with them. That was also a, you know a dream come true. I wasn't the starting goalie or anything like that. My uh, goalie partner Jordan Perkerney, but you know just the the memories I made from that year and the relationships I've had with a lot of the players. It, it's something special, and that's definitely going to live with me forever. Is uh, you know I don't think a lot of people can say they won a WHL championship, so that's definitely going to live with me forever. Well, I certainly can't. Uh, who's been the the most difficult <laughs> player for you to prepare to play against? Difficult? Yeah. Uh, that's tough. Played against a lot. Um, you know, I think just, you know, back when I was in the, like, WHL, playing against guys like, you know, Dylan Dubé and, and Barzell, um, Brain Point, the, those small guys are just super quick and they can move from side to side. You know, as a goalie, it's a lot of work trying to keep up with those guys. They've definitely, uh, those are definitely the hardest guys to play against, I think, uh, for sure. And then outside of the rink, what's your favorite thing to do? Uh, I'm still trying to find some hobbies out here. I'm not the, not the best golfer, so I, uh, I know golf is pretty big out here, but I, my golf game is horrendous. So um, trying to get out for some hikes if I can. There's some great spots out here. Obviously, you got to beat the heat a little bit. Um, so you got to be out there a little early. And uh, I mean, just as bad as it sounds, maybe playing some video games with some of the guys, uh, it's definitely not what you want to hear, but it, it definitely keeps you busy and it keeps you in touch with a lot of guys. Hey, some of those video gamers make a lot of money every year. That's a great career opportunity right now. <laughs> it is a great career opportunity, but I think I'll stick with hockey. <laughs> yeah, definitely not golf though, huh? Yeah, no, not a big golfer. Uh, well, uh, Logan, thanks so much. Congratulations on an incredible journey so far. I mean, we'll see where it takes you from here moving forward, but uh, enjoy the rest of your summer and best of luck heading into next year. Yeah, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. That is it for the WHL podcast this week. Thank you to Jake Christensen and the Everett Silvertips, Emmanuel Viveros and the Spokane Chiefs and Henderson Silver Knights, and Logan Thompson and the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm Zach Hotter. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Hotter, and you can follow the WHL, as always, at the WHL. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I will see you again next Wednesday.